Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening, thanks for tuning in, thanks for downloading, thanks for subscribing and following. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast for shining a light on bright ideas today in the world of alcoholic beverage. I can't even wait. Uh, for you to guys to meet my guests on the podcast today, we've got co-founders on. We're talking Denada, Tequila, Adam Millman's on, as well as Dan Nielsen or Daniel. It's great to have both of you guys on the podcast. Thank you so much for having us. No, we're really excited to be on and and talk about Donata and, and the world of entrepreneurship. So thank you very much for having us, Justin. It's, Great to be here. I love it. You guys are both here. I can't wait to ask you like Donata, like means like you're welcome, right? In Spanish. I don't know if that's what you know, why you named it that way. We're going to get to that in just a moment. Um, I got to sample the product. So for those that don't know, when you host a podcast occasionally, like you get samples ahead of time and it's like amazing. Um, and <laughs> that was a fun delivery to get by the way. Um, and it's <laughs> really enjoyed it guys. So thank you. Um, Let's do this before we jump into your brand and product and package and distribution and everything else. How about share a little bit about your backgrounds? I know you guys knew each other before launching the brand, but share with our audience a little bit about you. And we'll start with Daniel. How about that? Absolutely. So I, I'm born and raised in New York, New York City guy from uh, from the ground up. Um, I went to Fordham Prep in the Bronx. And then my whole kind of look to find an amazing college, I I was thinking locally. I, I was a very big, much of a homebody guy. And uh, I took a trip down to NOLA from Mardi Gras one year. Love and that. I didn't have any. It was, you know, that sounds like a recipe for disaster, especially <laughs> when it's cool. Yeah. But uh, it was, I went there for Mardi Gras and I absolutely fell in love with it. I think the whole energy and hospitality and, and, and kind of the whole... Southern hospitality really struck home to me and, and I applied and luckily I, I don't know, some guy made a mistake and let me in. And, uh, <laughs> nice. and, and so kind of the rest is history. I, we, I, it was funny. Our freshman year, I met Adam, um, in a creative industries class. We didn't really know each other, but we actually pledged the same fraternity a couple months later and we just hit it home. Me and Adam just loved being kind of like grandpa guys. We always loved to just sit down, talk about life philosophy, share good drinks, specifically tequila. And we just bonded on this kind of value of entrepreneurship and, and work ethic and stuff. And, you know, we, we've always loved kind of talking about dreams and, and doing some stuff. And it, it, it's, it's a blessing to be where we are today and to capture the dream and to, you know, persevere with our, our kind of vision of entrepreneurship and, and cre- creating something that will last and leave an impact. So fun. Yeah. How about you, Adam? Well said, Danny. Yeah, so I'm from Rockland County, New York. It's about 45 minutes north of Manhattan. I was really drawn to Tulane for music. I mean, I, I've been a musician my whole life, and Justin, I knew you were as well, so get into that. But uh, yeah, you know, I, Tulane's an amazing place. New Orleans is an amazing city. Met uh, met Danny freshman year and really bonded over entrepreneurship. Uh, I was a business major, and Danny was theater, and it all kind of worked out. Became fast friends, and you know, fast forward a few years, here we are. It's crazy. Right, within brand and everything. Yeah, I'm a big. I, I love music. I have a lot of fun writing it, creating it, um, being co- collaborative with others. That you're right. That could be a whole podcast in itself. Um, but we're here to talk about you guys. So, so okay, got it. Yeah, I get how you met and how you guys connected and have those energy together. So, why start a tequila brand? Like, where did this even come from? You know, like, what was the idea? I love it. And I can't wait to like, tell the audience about it. But like, where did this idea even start? 
Yeah. So we, we used to spend a lot of time in cocktail bars in New Orleans, uh, you know, over time. I mean, there's so many amazing places and we just love to compare spirits, specifically tequila. We got really into it. Um, and before that, we had a, a fashion line called Pine Outfitters, which we could get into as well. And, you know, there's there's a lot of amazing tequilas out there, but we felt there was an opportunity in the, in the industry for a quality tequila that was additive free, made the proper way and filling that gap in the market. There's really nothing like it that's targeted towards a younger demographic. So we, you know, we really gravitated towards that. And as fellow entrepreneurs, we felt it was an amazing experience to, to be able to, you know, research all that, but to actually come up with the product, meet our distillers and get to that point is, uh, you know, is, is amazing. And uh, it kind of just came into place over a lot of research and, and time. So, all right, let me, let me, st- let's dive into that. So I got it. So you guys are, you know, in the bars, you're understanding what's there. You see a gap or an opportunity. How do you go from that to, Hey, let's let's start a business in this space, and more importantly, like start to get product together and bottles and mix and like where did that? How did you guys figure that out? Like the tactics of it? Absolutely. You know, just to touch on Adam's point, I think it's tough to start a business just out of like wanting to do it because it's cool. I think we found such an amazing opportunity of creating a tequila that stood for craftsmanship, sustainability, and and being a very honest brand with its consumer and while being excessively priced. I mean, when we were at school, we didn't find any tequila that was like premium, but excessively priced. I mean, there was low tier brands that of course didn't have the best quality left. You really hang in the next day, or you were just going for more, you know, upper echelon brand that costed a lot of money. And as a college student, you just, you didn't want to do that when you're going to a house party or whatever, at 11 p.m., you're not going to be like, okay, let me look for a really expensive, um, <laughs> right. you know, deal. And I know that sounds kind of trashy me to say like, oh, house party and whatnot. But we felt like because we had such a passion for craftsmanship and authenticity that we really can find something. There's a white space for tequila that could be premium, offer sustainable methods, craftsmanship behind it, while being fun and young and accessible. So we had that core belief in us and that hunger. Wow, this is something we can really do. So we just really, in New Orleans, we started to tap into our network on a very, very low level. We didn't know a lot of people in the spirits industry, but we luckily through a couple friends in Tulane and, and whatnot, we, we, did, we dug deep. We found a couple connections into the industry and, uh, and one person led to the next. And what I always believed is we didn't know anything about the industry before. We just loved tequila. We loved hospitality. But I'm a true believer that the whole basis of any business is, is networking. And that's what me and Adam were good at, is the ability to connect to somebody and, and relate to them and pull as much info and knowledge from that person that we can take and use that. So that's how, when, when you talk about building, like the next stage of building a brand, it was step by step, you know, from creating an LLC to finding a branding person to understand. So it was all like each moment we hit was like a victory. And that's what gave us hunger to keep finding the next step. Really, really cool. Yeah. Um, you guys can check them out on their website, um, Um, And so I I have to say, like, as I was doing my homework on you guys, and I said that wrong, DonatoTequila.com, um, two different types of tequila today. So did you start with two or did you start with one? What did that look like at first? And then um, what did it look like packaging wise to begin with? And how long did that take? Yeah, so we we went down to to Mexico after you know tons of research, uh, looking at a bunch of distilleries that we were really into. We always had our eyes set on the one we work with now, which is Gnome fourteen fourteen, a uh, Feliciano Vivanco. 
which is one of the best distilleries. It's fifth generation. And, you know, we really bonded with them when we went there. Uh, they make everything the proper way. And when we went, we really focused on creating a flavor profile that would be accessible for, to the mass consumer while also keeping that quality. Um, so we launched with just a Blanco and a Reposado. And a Reposado is aged for four months in American white oak barrels. And it's it's been going really well so far, but we only have those two skews in the market right now. And, you know, eventually we, we plan to release more. Yeah. And, and how are you differentiating? So as you are coming up with your concepts and ideas around branding and marketing, like what's your angle? What's your talk track as far as like, hey, here's why you should get it into the distribution network. And we'll talk about that in a minute, too. But like, what was kind of your your kind of selling approach? Definitely selling approach was the additive free and sustainably made kind of track. I mean, while being accessibly priced, just sure. to, to put some numbers in perspective, there's over 1500 tequila brands, and there's only 61 brands that are certified additive free. And on wow. top of that, there's even a lower number that are accessibly priced. So when I'm like, you know, when we're pitching a store, I'm saying you're getting the best quality as sustainable practices, it's additive free. And here's, here's the best part. Here's the price. And so that's kind of our angle. And uh, it's it's been an honor to show the world what a true tequila is and, and not trying to mark up its price. Right. And for those that are listening, they're like, wow, those are some incredible numbers. I love stats and facts. I'm so glad you threw that in. And you're like, well, that seems like a lot of brands. Let me just give you another one. The global tequila market size was $9.4 billion in 2020. I mean, oh my God, huge market, lots of opportunity. Um, okay. So when you you look at alcoholic beverage, you guys, did you know kind of the regulations around distribution or did you have to sort that out? How did you think about that as you were creating product? Yeah, I mean, so Danny was touching on this before, but we've had a lot of amazing mentors. And I think through networking and everything, we really were able to kind of talk to the right people in the industry and figure out how to, how to go about it. You know, it starts as a business plan, but ultimately you need to build a team around that. And you need to find a route to market. Uh, and as you know, alcohol is, is very compliant. Uh, it's a three-tier system, and finding distribution is is not the easiest thing. Luckily, Danny and I started by self-distributing in New York. We we went with a company called MHW. Got and it. We, for six months, we were basically selling ourselves. Uh, and <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was an amazing experience. I was um, going to say, you were able to get feedback then, almost instantaneously. What what did, what did that? What was that like? No, it was amazing. I mean, we we definitely tapped into the local connection, but you know, the first few accounts we had, I mean a lot of the store owners and restaurant owners and bar owners loved the product. And that was our, cause we were worried the first few, Oh, we don't like it. We don't like this. But luckily, I mean, we were, you had such a belief in our distiller and the product that, you know, the first kind of validation was amazing. So the, the feedback was amazing. And that's what propelled us into, you know, getting into over a hundred accounts, self-distributing and then which segued our way into large scale distribution. Wow, that's pretty awesome. Um, how long did that take from, hey, I think we should start a business in tequila to having product in hand? Just to give our audience some sense of like that timing. It was really our junior year of college that we sat down together and started making a business plan. We were 2017. We were, yeah, 2017. Um, it's it's crazy to think. I mean, we, we met with the president of Tulane. We, we pitched him the idea. You know, we, oh, that's cool. Really, I love that. We were out there networking a lot. And I think over time, you know, I'm glad we didn't launch too early because we really got to surround ourselves with the right people and understand the industry to a point where we felt we were ready to launch. And, you know, unfortunately that, that happened during COVID, but we, we worked around it and, and found ways to be creative and, and get the product out there. Um, and I, I think it's on a really good track. 
Amazing. Yeah. It's so we've had so many guests on to talk about their launching brands during COVID or right before, or right during. And, and here we are coming out uh, and with a lot of growth in front of you, which is pretty exciting. Um, did you have any no's you know, when you were going out and trying to sell this in or was everyone like, yeah, we'll take it. Like, what did that look like? Oh, I mean, going out for sure. We, I think what a lot of store owners loved is our, our passion, like for what also a lot of uh, places and, and business owners love the fact that the owners are behind the brand pushing it. There's a lot of like, you know, any other kind of consumer brand where they have a big sales force from the get go. And for us, it was such a level of authenticity. We were behind it. So we got a lot of fantastic feedback from the, from the get go. We we're definitely blessed on that. That's really cool. And, and by the way, there's nothing like a good New York interview without like a good siren in the background. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's so fun. Exactly. It's like favorite. clockwork. <laughs> Anytime we have these, so fun. Um, exactly. I, I actually city. like pretty much <laughs> meditate the sirens. That's, that's how you. Right. Use the sirens. <laughs> oh my god, I love it. Um, so fun. Is uh, doing this podcast is a blast. Um, so okay, let's get back to you guys. So. Who is your buyer? Do you know who like is your target? I hate to say consumer, but like who is liking your product? Are you able to get that type of feedback through social or marketing or other? What does that look like? Yeah. I mean, I think Adam can answer this uh, definitely for sure. I think we, we both would love to answer this, but I think it we're, as a brand, we're figuring those questions out now. I think before right. we launched, we targeted towards you know the millennial consumer. Sure. Um, our product is really high quality. So I see we're getting a lot of, you know, feedback. It's, it's really amazing being a year into the market and, and seeing the, the feedback from consumers. Uh, I would say to like a lot of our clients are bars and restaurants, you know, they, they're the ones who are actually selling it to consumers. Sure. And it's, it's those bars and restaurants that really care for quality. You know, they, they're noticing the, the lack of transparency in the tequila industry, and they're looking for products that are transparent with their consumer are authentically made and, and additive free. And we, we've seen a lot of traction lately with people that, that are looking for that. And I think consumers now are starting to, to care for that too. Sure. Love that. You know, I always love when I have co-founders on, I love to ask this question around, you know, how do you divide up the work? Or does one of you do like the marketing and sales part? One does operations and manufacturing? Or how do you guys divide up like who does what on your, your team? Yeah. I mean, we, we wear many hats, that's for sure. Um, but we, you know, I mean, people don't, people always say, don't go into business with your best friend, but you know, <laughs> me and Adam have a fantastic uh, chemistry. And I think, you know, we define that question. I feel like I, it's, of course, uh, you know, the, uh, that's what everyone thinks, but for us, you know, Adam has tremendous skill where, where I may lack. Um, but ultimately I think, you know, we work as a great team. We understand each other's lanes um, Adam is just, you know, a great partner for me. And, and, and hopefully I think he, hopefully he thinks vice versa. Um, but we're, ex- you know, we have some good synergies and, uh, and that's why I think this business is really going well. We, we always value, uh, friendship, honesty, transparency, and then work ethic. Absolutely. That's great. I love that. Um, as you think about what's ahead, do you stay Near, like focused on tequila and get into new geographies, or do you focus on extensions, other product? What does that look like? How do you guys think about that? I think the biggest thing for us right now is just really making sure our product works well in a few markets before scaling, um, and and that's our biggest thing right now. We're in the tri-state area in the United States, and we're available online via Reserve Bar, um, and we're working on just you know making those relationships, proving the concept, and then we'll look to expand our distribution uh, from that point forwards. We see future product skews uh, potentially, you know, down the road. 
Uh, we plan to launch in an AHO in, in a year or two. So we have a lot of exciting things planned, but our main focus right now is just, you know, staying grounded and, and making sure we're building it the right way. I love it. Um, Donata's Blanco and then Reposado. It, any bestseller of the two or what does it look like? What do the numbers look like? It's it's tough to tell. I would say, you know, both are, of course, getting a lot of love. I When, I, when we do tastings, I'm always interested to see, you know, who gravitates towards what skew. Um, you know, if you're not a tequila drinker, and if we have had a lot of people that we're trying to rekindle that fire with somebody, right. say, oh, I don't like tequila, but you will like this one. That's more, I would say the, the, the person that doesn't really like tequila will love the Blanco. And so, and somebody who really loves tequila, the Reposado has been a very, very, very uh, good hit for us. You know, we've won best tequila at the LA Spirits Awards, best tequila in show at the John Barleycorn Award. So it's definitely been, uh, you know, the Reposado has been tremendous for us. Um, and, you know, it, what's amazing as well is because our Reposado is aged in, um, you know, white oak barrels, freshly charred white oak barrels. I could, we also cater to the whiskey crowd as well. It, it has a fantastic, Very cool. fantastic of oak and agave. So definitely both are great, but it's, it's tough to answer that question for sure. Hey, that's okay. I'm just curious. I love on your site. It's like <laughs> split a bottle, then another. I'm like, if I split a bottle and then another, I might not be drinking it for a while. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> flashbacks to college flashbacks to college yeah. <laughs> everyone's got a yeah. tequila story do you know what i mean like it's so funny um and over a company like you know pills to take the next day or some kind of right. hydration right yeah there needs to be like that sentence needs to be continued split a bottle then another and then like anyway yeah exactly um, <laughs> so fun okay hey listen i love to ask this question to our guests um you guys are a couple years in. You've got tons of stretch runway in front of you in terms of growth, um, plan, great product. You've learned a lot. I'm sure you've had some things didn't work or you know lessons learned. Our audience, a lot of entrepreneurs, are eager to hear um, you know biggest lessons learned, advice, that kind of thing. Why don't we go? We'll start with Adam first, and then we'll bounce over to Daniel. Adam, how, what, what would you offer to our audience as you think about your experience thus far? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's so many possible answers to this question. I think. One of the biggest takeaways we've had is you need to surround yourself with people that complement your skill sets. You need to, you know, find great team members to help you make something work. I think a lot of times entrepreneurs make the mistake of trying to do everything themselves. And it's always great to have a team around you that can give a second, you know, set of eyes to something to help you in areas you might not be as strong. And I think that's what Dan and I have done really well so far and continue to do so. It's we always try to surround ourselves with people who who complement us. Love that. All right, over to you, Daniel. Yeah, big time. I mean, I really do believe you have to ground yourself on some important core values. I mean, I think for sure one of them is is uh, is follow through. One is you know discipline, and then also routine. Because I think if you're able to find yourself and ground yourself and and hold yourself to a great routine, then like the follow through will happen, and then everything else from there will kind of like fall into place. But you know, I think ultimately for for an entrepreneur it always comes from within and i always believe like the follow through is so important and for me the biggest thing is the network if you're a good either friend or a colleague or business partner whatever if you are reliable and you show you're hospitable to that person everything else will will come into play. So I, I really believe in networking and, and, and follow through for sure. Networking and follow through. I love that. Um, I, and you know, it's the most simple thing, like just follow up like quickly and efficiently and directly. I mean, it seems it's like 
blocking and tackling, and it's amazing there are people that drop the ball there. Absolutely. And I and I also think as well, like when you know, we we live in a society now where I think, you know, we we because of the like COVID situation, you know, we were quarantined for a while and it's it's nice now to interact with with uh with people yeah, and it is. Face, and that's really important. And I think, you know, there's a lot some folks and friends that I know that don't know how to write a thank you email and stuff. And those are really important. Ever since a young age, if I got a Christmas gift or whatever, my, my parents always taught me exactly to to write a note, it goes a long way. Dude. So I'm so always totally. the belief of old school's the best. I just showed you you guys can't see this, but yeah, I keep a stack of note cards. I don't get to send very many. Um, but when I do, I love it because I feel like and it's just something unique and different, right? Um, so cool. Love talking to you guys. Um, before I go and before we close out, you got to tell us, Denada, talk about the, how you came up with the name. So we, I mean, Denada means you're welcome in Spanish. And we feel that we're given an amazing product at an affordable price point. That's really the highest possible quality you can ask for in a tequila. It's a fifth generation distiller. It's, it's additive free. It's made the proper way with no shortcuts. And, you know, it's, it's, it goes with our ethos of, of giving back and really giving consumers a transparent product. Dude, I love it. Yeah. And it's almost like I would be, I would drink your product and go, man, thank you. And you'd go, Denata. I think yeah, it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's crafty. It. Nice. That's really cool. Yeah, thank um, you. I love it. So um, share with our audience where they can find you, connect with you, buy your product, et cetera. Yeah. So you can buy Denata on Drizzly if you're located in the, the New York or tri-state area. We are available and reserve bar. And, and Adam, how many states is it now? I, I believe about 22 states, but you, you can find those states online, denatatequila.com. You can, you can check it out and see if it's available near you. Love and it. also, we are in uh, tons of liquor stores, bars and restaurants in New York City and, and Dutchess County and uh, New Jersey and soon to be Connecticut. So come expanding. on up. Just, uh, <laughs> it's, it's expanding. I love it. Very, very cool. Um, you guys, you know, let's, let's make this the first visit of, of more to come on our show. Uh, I think you guys have got a really cool brand, lots of potential growth in front of you. You're going to have more stories. So we'd love to have you back on down the road. And just so great to have both of you here today. No, thank you so much, Justin. Really appreciate the, the time and, you know, just loving our brand name and, and everything. So we can't thank you enough. Thanks, Justin. It's been a lot of fun. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the Contender Cast, connect with us at contendercast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.